welcome to the Milestones, Motivation, and Money podcast, a weekly conversation filled with stories of business, financial literacy, careers, leadership, and resilience. Setting and achieving goals is key, whether they are related to your finances, business, or career. I hope to empower you with these conversations no matter where you are in life. I'm your host, Angel Radcliffe, and on this show, get ready to change your mindset and start your journey to achieve your lifelong goals. So if you need a little motivation to start your day or jumpstart your next project, tune in and be sure to join our community online at milestonesmotivationandmoney.com. Hey, 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 welcome back to the podcast. On today's show, we're chatting all about fintech and the evolution. So getting a little bit into the nitty gritty of blockchain, cryptocurrency, NFTs, what does that all mean? How is it impacting you? How is it impacting the world? But, you know, these are topics that are discussed on a daily basis, especially when we turn on the news and we're hearing about Bitcoin or we're hearing about NFTs. And most people don't really understand what that means. So thankfully, on today's show, we do have an expert who will be joining us to dig a little deeper and give you all the information that you've been wanting to know about those particular topics. So I myself am very interested in NFTs. And I started to do a little bit of research a few months ago. You hear people making millions of dollars and becoming overnight successes from from the system. What is an NFT? I started to do the research myself. I'm halfway there. <laughs> I'm halfway there. So hopefully the guests today can shed a little bit more light. So today we'll be speaking with Fred Brandon. He's a technologist with over 20 years of experience in IT, and he has developed solutions and spoken on a global basis to various organizations in the public and private sector. He teaches blockchain courses at Althash University, which is a global program that focuses on blockchain technology, and he's a best-selling author. So he has a book, Adopting Blockchain and Cryptocurrency, Embracing a Digital Future. I have known Fred for seven years now, and I have seen some of the things that he's been doing. So it's been so amazing just to see his growth and really coming into his own as a thought leader in this blockchain and crypto space. So these are hot topics over the last few years and um, definitely want to stay in tune with the way the world is changing in tech. So, so glad to have this conversation, share this episode, get a pen and paper, and let's hear more about blockchain, crypto, and NFTs. Let's welcome Fred to the show. Thank you, Angel. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to have you on and chat about this topic related to fintech and various topics and under that umbrella, because these are topics that we haven't discussed on the show and it's financial literacy month. So I'm sure so many people are tuning in here and there, workshops, uh, podcasts, various news organizations and hearing all of this amazing information related to finance and new technology. So we're going to talk about crypto, blockchain, NFTs. It's a lot. <laughs> well, awesome. I'm sure we'll need more than 30 minutes to cover, but you know, that's what people can come to you for. So how about you go ahead and give everyone a brief background of yourself, what you do, and we'll get the show started. Wow. Okay. Awesome. I don't know where to start. So 
I'll just, I guess, the normal answer. I've been in technology for over 20 years. I've done a little bit of everything from front-end development, worked in the Microsoft space for a very long time, so understanding servers, and it kind of led me into where I am now, working with a lot of different cybersecurity. This has really been the basis for what I've you know, kind of walked into now, and that's in the blockchain and cryptocurrency space. Once I you know, understood, you know, I think like everyone else, you know, when you start looking into Bitcoin and crypto, you're probably just in it for the money uh, trying to find a better way to invest, which, you know, I did the exact same thing. But then, you know, after I really looked at it and I understood that it was on blockchain technology, everything just clicked. I was like, oh, I know all this stuff. So it kind of led me to where I am now, where I am helping others learn more about this space, Web3 technology, which is very encompassing of a lot of things that we're going to talk about, whether it's uh, blockchain, crypto, NFTs, things of that sort. So, And you are an advocate of financial literacy. How did that piece come about, you know, while you were working in tech? Yeah. So I, I, I think, you know, all of it is the intersectionality of, of tech and money uh, is, is always been there. I just think a lot of people don't really think about it. Right. So, you know, we, we can always think of, you know, credit cards and a lot of different fintech, PayPal, you know, cash app. There are a lot of different things that we're using technology for, for our financial service. So being able to, you know, couple both of those things together, whether you're building something uh, for a client that kind of crosses over into, you know, business intelligence or financial services, things of that sort, kind of, you know, you start seeing how pieces fit together. And that kind of, as you know, as I said, meshes over well with, you know, learning this, this field now of cryptocurrency, because it's both technology and it's, you know, financial services as well, or can be, I should say that. Yeah. I always thought that was so interesting. So, you know, when I met you, oh gosh, on social media years ago, I want to say I was in the transition in my career, moving from finance to tech. And I had always sort of been an, an advocate of financial literacy and involved in that space, but, you know, moving to tech and seeing how both of our backgrounds sort of intertwine with the financial literacy piece, the technology piece, you know, I think it's very interesting to, to meet people who have the like minds and, and understanding like how these pieces come together. When you think about your purpose, what would you say your purpose is here on this planet and, and teaching about these topics? Yeah, I think I think you just said it. It's all about education. I have been I've been in this space for a very long time. I was always a, a big math and science geek, so always been around you know computers, math, and you know, understanding how things. You know, even as a kid, I used to tutor you know people in math and everything. So it it, it kind of just stuck with with who I am. So being able to understand some of these concepts and be able to relate them to others is, is really uh, like one of my fortes. I've recently wrote a book that kind of makes it very easy um, to understand this space. And I like to, you know, be able to chunk up, you know, the, the big terms, the big technologies and things of that sort, and try to make it a little bit uh, more digestible for, you know, the everyday reader. Yeah. Thinking about general financial literacy, thousands of people in the country, millions of people in the country, you know, are without that particular knowledge. And it's not necessarily something that's taught in school systems. So thinking about your background, 
were you self-taught? Was it something that was passed down? How did you fuel this fire? Yeah, yes and no. So just a little more background about uh, who I am. I come from a family of entrepreneurs. So a lot of us, you know, kind of like grew up in the family business and we, we, you know, our family owned like grocery stores and things of that sort. So understanding money, understanding business, understanding a lot of these things, I probably, you know, learned throughout through the family and not necessarily through school, right? So understanding that um, this is something that is not, as you said, you know, easily taught in school or primarily taught in school. This is something that's really missing in in education space. So that's one of, you know, those are one of the things that I really want to kind of, you know, get across to, you know, our communities and things of that sort that understand is, you know, there are a lot of different opportunities out there. And, you know, whether it's learning about tech, learning about finance, either of those that, you know, you know, is not really being pushed in the educational system, but is really going to be key to you know how we do things in the future. Oh, definitely, and you know with the evolution of technology, of course, finance finances and financial literacy have evolved, and the big word or the key word that we're always hearing is fintech. Right. When someone hears that word fintech, what should they be thinking of? So, a lot of people get scared off by that term because they don't know what to think. But we have to start thinking about how uh, technology kind of infuses with the financial services that we uh, currently use. So if we are thinking about, you know, if I, if I say fintech to some person, they're like, ah, oh, that's kind of you know, Greek to me. I just don't understand it. But they can tell you, you know, they've been using PayPal for the last <laughs> five, 10 years, whatever, right? So being able to understand some of the things that we use in different terms is, is really all about the education and you know being able to you know kind of get them to understand some of the some of the technology and some of the use cases for some of these terms is probably going to be a lot easier than you know some of the jargon that we use in the tech space and you're right it can be a bit scary you hear the word fintech I remember, you know, I tell this story all the time and I remember working in in corporate finance and technology was evolving and I've always been Um, someone who was intrigued and really wanted to understand what was going on. I I like to understand processes. And I was like, hmm, I wouldn't mind trying to get into tech, but I had no idea how to make that transition before fintech was probably a word. And I would tell everyone, you know, I want this role that blends finance and tech. And people would say, well, there's no such thing. Now, 2022, like there's fintech and there's all these things that are blending the two, you know, and when, you said people get scared when they hear their word fintech. There's some other words people get scared of where uh, we think about blockchain, cryptocurrency, NFTs, like so many people just don't know what those are. And when you think about the mindset of the average consumer, most people shy away from things that they don't know, um, that they're not familiar with, which tends to hold people back from moving forward and being successful and creating generational wealth. And you think about basic concepts of financial literacy, some people are failing in that area because they were never exposed to the information. So when you're never exposed to the information, you should fall behind. And and I see that happening again, as FinTech is evolving, where people are not taking advantage of one, the educational portion, because you have to be educated and understanding 
what all is involved in fintech? What is blockchain? What is crypto? Instead of just saying, oh, I don't know what that is, or this sounds pretty scary or pretty risky, so I'm not even going to attempt to learn. Right. With that being said, do you think the evolution of fintech will increase the wealth gap that we currently have? Yes, <laughs> unfortunately. And, and it's just because of what you said. There's a lot of fear uh, involved of the unknown. And I think this is an opportunity. I, I like to I, I like to say I coined this term because we hear so much of the inverse. Cryptocurrency, especially uh, Bitcoin in particular, allows for that trickle up method, right? We've heard so much of trickle down and everyone knows trickle down just doesn't work. But this is an opportunity for, you know, the you know everyday person to be able to, you don't necessarily have to be a accredited investor to be able to buy your first bit of Bitcoin, right? Um, you don't necessarily have to be a billionaire or whatever to be able to or know the right people or be in the right circles to be able to invest in Bitcoin. So this gives the opportunity for, you know, every, every person, even, you know, the ones that, you know, buying Bitcoin, you know, five dollars at a time or whatever, it does not matter. But it gives you that opportunity to start small and, and you know, increase over time. But the problem is you have a lot of people who are not educated in the space and tend to stay away from it because they just don't know what it is. They don't know uh, the opportunities that you know, are available with it or just the idea of being able to invest properly, right? You know, a lot of people think you know, that, that piggy bank that we've had in our closet or whatever for you know, all these years is investing and it's not. Right. Because that, that money is just going to be the exact same when you take it out. But because of inflation, you're not really you're not going to be able to buy the exact same thing. with it. So being able to understand these principles, you know, as it relates to crypto, you know, all of this, these new areas of you know decentralized finance and things of that sort are, you know, it gives the opportunity for people to excel and, and to, you know, kind of close that wealth gap a little bit. But it all boils down to. Right. And, you know, as you were speaking about crypto and you said, it, you know, it's nothing for someone to go out and buy some Bitcoin and, and become that investor. Let's let's really get into crypto because, I mean, gosh, this is going to be such a long episode. <laughs> <laughs> when you think about crypto itself, there's so many different aspects. Of course, I think Bitcoin is the most popular form of cryptocurrency, yeah. but give us some definition, like what is cryptocurrency? And, you know, for someone who doesn't know, what should they start researching and how can they use crypto? What are the benefits? Is it the same as the stock market? I know that's a lot. <laughs> well, all right. So we have to kind of chunk that down a little bit. So understanding uh, cryptocurrency is, is just going to be a digital asset um, that's going to uh, typically be on a blockchain, um, but it's going to be, it's going to be secured through means of cryptography, right? So that's, that's, Trying, I'm trying to put it in a nutshell. And then you have a lot of different cryptocurrencies out there. To date, there's probably about 18,000 cryptocurrencies out there. But we have to understand that not all cryptocurrencies are currency, right? So it's, it's not necessarily that you can use this particular cryptocurrency to buy anything, right? I like to give the example of, of having a, a gift card, right? So if you had a gift card to maybe one of your favorite uh, coffee places, uh, you could buy anything you wanted 
at that coffee establishment, but you might not be able to go buy a pair of pants or a pair of shoes with it, right? So they have a utility, you know, in, in the same terms, they have a utility token that you can purchase within there, right? So there are a lot of different utility tokens or, or cryptocurrencies that's out there that's going to be specific to a particular ecosystem. So when we start getting into, you know, what does this coin do or what, uh, what does this token do? And then we have to start understanding what was the purpose behind it? What project is it fueling, right? So, so you have certain cryptocurrencies that's going to be out there that's going to be, you know, wildly, you know, widely uh, popular, you know, Bitcoin being one of them. But then you're going to have some of the other ones that may uh, have a different use case where it may be a security token or it may be a utility token or something like that, that may only, you know, be able to buy you to, that purchase you that cup of coffee. So, you know, for someone who wants to go out and buy Bitcoin, and, and I want to give people some other options. Uh, gosh, I'm like, there's so many. <laughs> I, okay, I I don't own a full Bitcoin, but I own pieces of it. <laughs> Bitcoin's gotten a bit pricey over the years. I remember years ago and it was really cheap and people were buying Bitcoin, but there's right. like Ethereum, there's Dogecoin, which was like, went viral last year. Right. What are some other types of crypto that people should start looking into? I mean, there's, there's so many different forms. So how do you choose the right form of crypto? Okay, so there are there's over 18,000 of them. So it really depends on what you're trying to do, right? You know, some of the ones that, you know, are very uh, popular are, are going to be like Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, some of those that are actually being utilized in NFT. So if you are, you know, big into the NFT side, there may be a certain cryptocurrencies that uh are used for the purchase or for minting on the blockchain or any of those type of things that, you know, those would be something that you may want to look into. But, you know, some of the other ones, you really have to uh, kind of do your research on all of those type of things uh, because some of those are going to be like meme coins. And we have to understand that some of these meme coins are, you know, it's kind of like those fly-by-night type of thing. You just really don't know exactly what it is. Does it really have a purpose? You know, is there, you know, do you understand that the, what the real use case for it is? Is it just going to be something they, you know, that they call a pump and dump where, you know, there, you know, somebody, you know, made a billion of them and sold <laughs> and sold half of it just to try to get money. So we have to understand exactly what those type of projects are. And that would, there's a lot of different ways to kind of read up on that. I would, one of them I would suggest is, you know, going to a place like coinmarket um, coinmarketcap.com or coingecko.com or masari.io, and that's M-E-S-S-A-I, masari.io, which will allow you to look up uh, these individual coins, get you, you know, their white papers, things of that sort to kind of read up on the project, what's it really you know, designed to do, and and you can make your educated choice from there. One of the things that I like to when I when I talk to people about you know reading these white papers is you know kind of read the Bitcoin white paper first. You know, it's it's only nine pages long, but it gives you you know everything that you need to know, right? Understanding the project, understanding what it was created for, all of that. And once you uh, understand that this one, you know, it is the granddaddy of all coins. It's been around for the, the longest. That you understand exactly what you're looking for. 
forth. So when you when you see that use case and that white paper for Bitcoin, when you start to look at other coins, you can kind of say, oh, well, this doesn't really make sense. Or this, you know, you know, it, it gives you a little bit more of an edge to understand exactly what you're reading, uh, especially if, you know, there's going to be a lot of jargon in there that, you know, the typical person may not know. And I always see people posting about or talking about crypto wallets. Why is a crypto wallet so important? So, so if we have to think about it just like a, our, like we use our normal wallet, right? It's, it's a place where we're going to hold our money, right? So we like to say that there's about three different types of wallet. There's really only two. So hot wallet and cold wallet. But then you have to understand that being in the crypto space is all about self so you want to make sure that the type of wallet that you have, that you're going to be able to self-custody your, your crypto. Think of, think of this situation where you are keeping your, your money on an exchange. And exchange is going to be you know, some of these popular places like Coinbase or Binance.us or, or you know, Kraken or Gemini, any of those type of places. Those are going to be your exchanges. Right. But so you can kind of liken that to a bank. So, you know, just like with our real, you know, the bank is holding our money for us. Right. But at the same time, it's, you know, technically we just can't go in the bank anytime we want. Right. We have nine to three hours. Right. Just we have those banker hours. Well, those are the only days we can really go in there and physically take our money out if we wanted to. That's, you know, that's custodial. So they're going to pretty much be taking care of all of your money for you. And then, you know, if they want to, shut it off or do anything else, you know, they have that power because they have those cryptographic keys, the, the public and private key, right? So what I like to tell people is making sure that you have a, a cold wallet, something that you control, that you control those uh, public and private keys to. Because at the end of the day, like you said, it's all about, you know, or like I said, it's all about uh, self-custody. You want to make sure that we control our money and that we can have, you know, we can say, you know, whether it comes or goes or, do, or does whatever. So yeah, those are the you know, type of wallets. And, you know, there there are different types of hops. Sometimes, you know, we we term it as a warm wallet where it's something that you can you can have on your phone, but it's still a hot wallet, but you have the, the crypto uh, cryptographic keys to it. So you have the public and private keys, which is usually a 12 to 24 word password. Okay. Well, that's really good explanation because I know some, someone's probably like, what the heck is this? Even for myself, and I consider myself a, a tech savvy person, financial, financially savvy person. But when I was learning about crypto and blockchain, I was, I was like, what the heck? <laughs> so you, when you think about the average person who's not into finance, they're not into tech, they're probably really like rolling over, like I'm done. <laughs> I want to learn. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I think like, one of the things that we have to kind of come back to is, yeah, there are going to be a lot of terms. There's going to be a lot of jargon. There's going to be a lot of different things that is going to be a little foreign to us initially. But I like to, if I asked, if I asked you, well, you're, you're different. <laughs> if I asked a, norm, uh, a normal person, you know, could you explain to me about SMTP servers? They would probably look at me like I'm crazy, right? But that's just email, right? It's just email. Everybody has an email address and everybody uses email constantly. But, you know, to try to talk to them about, about you know, mail, yeah, they're not going to think about a mail server or anything like that. So sometimes we just have to, you know, kind of limit in some of the, the jargon that we use 
and so we can get away from it. You know, so if, you know, if we're thinking about, you know, blockchain technology and we're thinking about how things are going to be on a distributed and we're able to have move money from one ledger to another ledger or, you know, any type of transaction from one ledger to another ledger. Uh, we've been doing that for years. It's called a credit card, right? So we're, or a check. We're able to be able to move money electronically from one account to another account. So when we start thinking about this, I'm like, oh, we've been doing this forever in certain ways, but now, now we have this cryptography aspect to it where it's, you know, and whether it's going to be on a public blockchain, now it's a little bit more transparent and we have a lot more things that's going to make sure we have these securities in place instead of having it in, you know, centralized hands where <laughs> anything and everything could be done to it. So, you know, earlier you mentioned that crypto is a part of blockchain and I know you know, even for me, when I, when I learned it, I was like, what? I was like, how in the heck does this work? So explain how that is a part of those two are sort of intertwined. So, yeah. So it's, as I was mentioning, it's going to be kind of think of it as an app, right? And, or, you know, I like to, you know, break it down even further. So you can have one without the other, but you can't have one without the other, right? So you can have like blockchain is going to be likened to uh, train tracks, and then your, your, your cryptocurrencies can be like that train, right? So you can have an entire blockchain or you can have those train tracks, but never have a train, right? So blockchain technology has a lot of use cases. It can do a lot of different things. It doesn't necessarily have to have a, crypt, a cryptocurrency aspect to it. But at the same time, you do have an app like Bitcoin or Ethereum or Litecoin or any of these other type of cryptocurrencies that can be a use case for being able to be that financial aspect of blockchain technology. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I'm sure people are sort of probably listening, probably having to pause, rewind, but I mean, there's still, there's still one major part that we haven't even touched based on. Right. And I feel like we're just given the cliff notes version of, of some of this, but you know, when we think about FinTech and you thinking about like everything that falls under the umbrella, like the most recent and, and most popular uh, NFTs, non-fungible tokens. Now, this is something I'm still learning about, but you know, what exactly is an NFT? What can you do with it? Is it just like the, the crypto or the blockchain or give us some, some meat on that? <laughs> All right. So um, as you know, I like to always kind of explain what non-fungible means. Um, because a lot of people, as soon as you say NFTs, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what that means, right? So fungibility is just going to be something that can be exchanged, right? So if I was to, you know, borrow $100 from you, you know, I could give that back to you anyway. You know, as long as it totals up to $100, it could be 250s, it could be 520s, it could be 1010s, it doesn't matter, right? As long as I get you your money back, whether you, you know, unless you charge me interest, <laughs> right? But anyway, it's you're going to be happy with that at $100. I don't necessarily have to give you the exact same one, uh, same $100 bill that you gave me. But then something that's going to be non-fungible is going to be something like me loaning my and you trying to give me anything else but my car, right? You can't give me a truck. You can't give me a skateboard, scooter, or any of those type of things. Because even my car key is an NFT, right? It, it, only, it can't be exchanged for it. It's not going to start any other cars, right? So we have to start thinking about that NFT is going to be non-fungible. I'm not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to give me a different car, right? So 
being able to understand, we can start to say, okay, well, now we have uh, something that's going to be unique on the block. And this is going to be a digital asset that also is stored on the blockchain as well. Now, NFTs, I, I know a lot of people who are, you know, we see it in the news and uh, on social media, and we see all these different, you know, JPEGs and things of that sort. There are so many different use cases for NFTs, um, but that is just one of the ones that we, we tend to see more of right now because we have a lot of artists, whether it's digital artists, literary artists, you know, musical artists, a lot of different ways that you can utilize this technology to, to pretty much make money. Right. So it, it allows the artists to have the, the, the power back in their hands. Right. So with the use case of NFTs, there's something called smart contracts that pretty much allows you to kind of code in your own business logic to say, OK, well, if you were to sell me your piece of artwork right now and this is just regular artwork, you know, I would give you a thousand dollars for it. And that's where your money. Would. But with the use case of NFTs, you have the ability to have this business logic written in so that every time that piece of artwork sells that, you know, you can get, you know, 10% of every future sale. That's, you know, so you have opportunities to kind of control your IP uh, intellectual property a little bit better and, and also have some type of payment in perpetuity. Okay. Now, I don't want to go down that route because I'm like, this is going to open a whole new can. <laughs> We're going to get into the metaverse and everything. <laughs> We'll skip over that. <laughs> you sure? I mean, it's it's fine. I mean, it's going to be a super long conversation. I'm like, geez, I feel like this might need to be like a three-part series or something. But yeah, we'll skip over that. All right. So, so, so Fred, you know, you have a lot of knowledge in, in tech and fintech. And you're putting that knowledge to good use. You started a foundation. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about that, the purpose, and what you're doing. So yeah, yeah, I've over the past couple of years, I guess, I've really been doing a lot more in this space. I've been uh, speaking to a lot of uh, companies and, and things of that sort, doing things on Clubhouse, talking about the blockchain and crypto space. And one of the things that has come out of that is, is making sure that I start to spread the knowledge. So not only I'm using some of my knowledge to, to work with kids, I've also started a Fred Brandon Flames Foundation, which helps people in our communities get into tech jobs by learning uh, some of the things that's going to <laughs> replace the current workforce, right? We, you know, we are seeing a lot of different jobs out there that is either going to be engineer-based, AI-based, cloud engineer. These type of jobs are really going to start replacing our, our typical workforce. So I wanted to make sure that, you know, I provided some resources for people who are either looking to make that career change or just be able to skill up in some type of workforce development so that they can not necessarily, you know, become one of those statistics that's going to be affected by uh, a lot of the job turnover. Well, that's absolutely awesome. And, you know, I mentioned earlier, we have a lot of similarities and that's definitely something that's been on my list for a while. And I think the educational portion of financial literacy fintech, it, it is so important, especially in urban communities to, to push this out, because as I mentioned, this could possibly be one of those things that increases the wealth gap because so many people are going to be fearful of learning these new things. So it's amazing to hear some of the things that you have lined up, you know, and with the foundation, you also have a book. 
So I would love for you to get into the book, which is Adopting Blockchain and Cryptocurrency, Embracing a Digital Future. So the first question is, what inspired you to write this? I, I think it was all about not being able to read. Uh, okay, so I'll, I'll, I've been in the tech space for a very long time. I have so many books on my on my uh, library. Um, I've read everything from you know databases to you know you name it, right? <laughs> but the problem is you have a lot of those books that's up there that even after you read it, you probably still don't understand it. And I, I know that there are a lot of books out there on this topic that even after you read it, you still won't understand blockchain. You still won't understand cryptocurrency. You still won't understand why it's necessary for us to start looking to get into these technologies. So I wanted to make sure that I wrote a book that was very easily digested by pretty much everyone. You know, I, I like to say, you know, I don't care if you're six or 66, that you're able to understand exactly what's going on. We have the uh, opportunity to, you know, get ahead of the game a little, whether we are, you know, the, the, the person who is just looking to try to hedge against inflation and, and try to su secure generational wealth, or if it's going to be that, that business owner that's saying, okay, you know, why do I need a blockchain or do I need a blockchain at all? You know, you know, our cloud is working perfect right now. So we have to start, you know, thinking about it in a lot of different ways. You know, this is something, this technology is being utilized by a lot of different companies, whether it is, you know, you know, Starbucks or, you know, insurance companies or, or uh, healthcare or any different, you know, supply chain. There's so many different use cases for blockchain technology. So we need to understand why we need to understand it. And, you know, being able to, you know, why we need to start either working with it or, you know, understanding how we can uh, utilize it within our companies. So being able to have this book out there can pretty much help everyone understand a little bit more about these concepts. And the glossary is you know, top notch, I'm telling you. Uh, <laughs> go and check it out. So it's going to give you all those words um, that you might hear all day, every day. And like, I, I don't know what a synchronous uh, anything is, right? So I have to, you know, be able to kind of like check that out. So it is available uh, on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, uh, pretty much anywhere books are sold. I've even seen it on walmart.com uh, too. So you, you can find it out there uh, pretty much everywhere. Awesome. And it's definitely one I have to pick up as well. So give us some um... Oh gosh, I want to skip that too because that's going to be really long. This is going to be a long episode. It's going to be longer than. All right, so all right, awesome. So you know, I want to get into some show questions, and and this is one that I ask everyone who's been on the show, and I know that you're really familiar, seeing as how we've been following each other online for years. But a part of my brand, there's the phrase "balling on a budget," and you know, when you hear that word "balling on a budget," forget everything you know about me. <laughs> what does falling on a budget mean to you? So in, in regards to this conversation, I, I think we have to think about preparing for the future, right? So whether we are being able to just say we're investing or we're doing anything in cryptocurrency, you know, a lot of us, you know, think that we have to go, jump out there and, you know, try to buy a full Bitcoin at once, right? That That's not something you really want to do or need to do, but there are ways that you can get into the space, you know, we call it DCA or dollar cost averaging, 
uh, whether you can start doing things incrementally. So, you know, whether it's something that you want to do at $5 at a time, $10 at a time, things of that sort. So I think that one of the things that we really need to start understanding is that financial literacy is important. We have to start figuring out uh, the best way to, you know, whether we are, you know, you know, reducing, you know, what we spend and saving more, investing more, things of that sort. And so, you know, so that we can have, you know, generational wealth, something to pass down and, you know, secure for our future. Okay. Love it. Love it. Now, you know, where can people find you online if they would like to get in touch and learn more about crypto, blockchain, NFTs, (laughs) everything that you talk about? All right. So I guess the easiest place to find me is uh, on Twitter, Instagram. All of them are IMF Brandon. IMF Brandon is my handle. You can also reach me at fredbrandon.info is my website. You can easily find me there. The foundation, all of these links are going to be on my website as well. So you'll you'll be able to reach them from there. But my foundation is the FB flamesfoundation.org. So fbflamesfoundation.org. Love it. And, you know, I'm super excited for all the things that you have going on. Usually when I'm hopping on Instagram and I'm scrolling and I usually see something that you're a part of, I'm like, this is so awesome. So (laughs) excited for everything that you are doing. Do you have any last words today? Education, education, education. Everything that you do, you know, whether it's you, you want to get into, you know, tech, you want to get into financial literacy, you want to get into real estate, you want to get into any of the things that you really want to get into, make sure that you educate, whether you are finding a mentor, reading a book, taking a course, any of those type of things, just make sure that you are educating yourself on the, on the best means and the best ways to do whatever you want to, you want to start a business. There are a lot of different books out there. Um, that can kind of guide you toward that entrepreneurial route. If you are looking to, you know, ball out on a budget, there are books out there that allows you to to do that as well. And just anything that you want to do, you you know, just make sure you educate. Love it. I agree. But Fred, thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Long overdue. I can definitely see you coming back for a part two. So many amazing topics. And, you know, again, this is only the Cliff Notes version. So make sure you follow Fred online, reach out to him for more information and tune in for the next episode. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Be sure to leave us a review and let us know any ideas you have for a future show topic. And if you really want to show us some love, share this episode with a friend and be sure to join our community online, milestonesmotivationandmoney.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at milestonesmotivationandmoney. Tune in next time.